Thank you so much for joining us today. God wants to use people like you to help build his kingdom. And one of the greatest ways to do that is to serve in the local church. If you want to get involved with College Park Church, visit collegeparkchurch.org and click on Get Involved. Also, if you'd like to help support this ministry financially, you can do so by visiting collegeparkchurch.org to choose the giving option that works best for you. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you enjoy today's message. David said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Anybody excited to celebrate God? First Sunday of the new year, and man, we're going to have the greatest time that we could ever have when it comes to learning about God, when it comes to being transformed by God, and to be able to walk out and do what God has called us to do, and that is to change the world. Look to your neighbor and say, you're a world changer. Look to your other neighbor that wasn't good enough to be your first choice. Say, you're a world changer. I know that's awkward. Isn't that awkward? Why is it awkward? Because some of us, it's hard for us to believe that we are. But God so loved the world that he gave his life. He, how did he change the world? By giving his life. And because he gave his life to change the world, you are a world changer by default. If you believe in him, if you trust in him, then the very DNA of God is now applied on your life. Amen. Are y'all going to help me preach, saints? Are y'all going to help me preach? People who love the Lord. Are anyone going to like be with me today? Is that okay? I'll take the two amens. That's okay. That's all right. All right. Can you let the worship team know we love them this morning? Weren't they amazing? My gosh. One of my friends, he's here for the first time. He's like, man, they worked me up a sweat just watching them dance and sing. So good to have all of you here with us today. If you have your Bibles, we're going to jump right into it. I'm a, a few, uh, we got a, I was going to only give you two, but I'm going to give you four now. Um, Genesis chapter 17, verses 1 through 4. First, for those of you, I know there's a lot of you here taking notes. 1 Corinthians 13, 11. Matthew 18, verses 3. Matthew 18, verses 3. And then the last one, I didn't give this to y'all back, back there. Don't worry about it. Proverbs 24, verses 16. All right, if you could put the first one up. Genesis chapter 17, verses one through four of the NIV. It says this, when Abram was 99 years old. Anybody 99 years old or older? Some of you are like, I feel like it. No, are you? <laughs> no one? All right. Abraham's the oldest one in the room right now. When Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am God Almighty. Walk before me faithfully and be blameless. Walk before me faithfully and be blameless. Walk before me faithfully and be blameless. And then number two, then I will make my covenant between me and you and will greatly increase your numbers. Covenant means a promise. How many of you want God to promise something to you, right? This is the NIV, right? Verse three, Abraham fell down on his face And God said to him, verse four, as for me, this is my covenant with you. You will be the father of many nations. First Corinthians chapter 13, verse 11 says this. When I was a child, I spoke and thought and reasoned as a child. Three things, spoke, thought, and reasoned as a what? As a child. But when I grew up, I put away childish things. Matthew 18, verse 3, 
says this. Then he said, I tell you the truth, unless you turn from your sins and become like little children, you will never get into the kingdom of heaven. And then the last but not least, Proverbs 24, verse 16 says this. For the righteous man falls seven times, they rise again, but the wicked stumble when calamity strikes. The title of this morning's message for those of us who are trying to find our rhythm for 2020 to see harvest, success, and greatness in God manifest in our life day, week, every month of this year. The title of this message that will move us through season to season, from place to place, from pain to purpose. And the title of this morning's message is Get Up and Keep Going. Look to him and say, get up and keep going. There's going to be a lot of things that are going to happen in your life, but you need to get up and you need to keep going. The Bible lets us know of a story of a guy who was 99 years old and he has a conversation with God. Abraham is not a poor man at this moment. Abraham does not have a lack of resources during this time. He has more. He is the richest person um, during this season. He has more resources than he'll ever need in his entire life. And God comes to him in Genesis chapter 17, and he speaks to him something specific. Walk before me, and I, my name is God Almighty, and I will make your name great. How many of you, you want God to make your name great? How many of you want a guarantee from God, a promise of prosperity and success for 2020? Does anybody want that in this house this morning? There is a guarantee. And here he is, Abraham, 99 years old, and is now finding out a little to some of the meaning of life. You would think at the age of 99, he would know something. You would think at the age of 99, he would be somewhere far, but there is something lacking in his life. And at the age of 99, God's like, I, still, I, can, I can still teach you something. At the age of 99, there's still things that you can learn. At the age of 99, I can still guide you. I can still lead you. I can still do things in your life. If you will trust me, let me guide you. There will be promises that will be produced in your life. In Matthew 18, Matthew 18, 3 lets us know that we should come to God as a child. Something about a child, they just obey. They just, they think everything you say is like truthful. My daddy's better than your daddy. My daddy can beat your daddy up. It's something about like my kids are, my boys are nine or 10 years old and my girl's nine years old. And they tell their friends, their daddy and their mommy are the best ever. How many believe your mommy, your daddy is the best? Anybody know what I'm talking about this morning? All right. All right. And my, my boys and my girl are some of the biggest trash talkers alive. And they trash talkers, right? So are you sitting beside a trash talker? Just like, mm, just nudge them real fast, you know? They are the biggest trash talkers there are. I mean, they will trash talk to everybody. I mean, they'll trash talk to me. They'll trash talk to Papa. They don't care who it is. They love that. Not only trash talk, but they love to have fun. You like to have fun when you trash talk? Anybody know? And so my boys, one of the things that they love to do is that, yes, ask for money. Anybody know my kids? They love to ask for money. Have they asked you for money? Half the church just said yes, you know? pray for them. They, need, they still need to get saved, Lee. They still need to get saved. But one of the things 
that I love about my kids, even last night, whenever I tell them something, they obey it. Whenever I try to teach them something, they literally take it. One thing my boys and my girl never do to me that I did to my mom and my dad when I was 16 and 20 or whatever, when I would speak to them and they would speak back to me, I would always ask them when I was older, why? Why, 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 why? Well, I don't know about that. I don't know about that, dad, because, you know, now that I'm 16, I'm a grown up. I'm mature. I know everything, right? And then we turn 17 and we know, we, we, we realize we don't know nothing. But then I turned 21. I'm like, I can buy things I never was able to buy before. Now I'm mature and I'm all grown up. Then I turned 22 and I got to pay more taxes than I did when I was 18. I really don't know anything. And one of the things that I love about this scripture is that in Matthew 18, we see something. There is a time, there is a season where we come to God as a child, say a child. But in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 11, there is a transition, there is a change that needs to take place. And Paul lets us know that when I was a child, I spoke like a child, I thought like a child, I understood like a child. But when I became a man, what do I do? I put away, I move on from childish things. See, as a child, parents lead them. But there comes a moment like Abraham when you grow in maturity where you're no longer behind God, but God is now behind you, guiding you. Let me give you a great example. How many of you have ever been whitewater rafting? I remember the first time I took the, I was youth pastor here for three years when we first came up and we went um, to Nanahala to go whitewater rafting. This Asian boy has a little bit of wisdom. You know what I'm saying? One of the things I told Pastor Jeff, what I will never do is be a guide on whitewater because I don't want to die. Anybody, do you love your life? I love my life. I am not going to act like I know everything, try to act like I can guide them and die along the way. Um, Newsflash, how many of you enjoyed your Christmas break? I enjoyed my Christmas break. I literally almost broke my arm during Christmas break trying to pull a compound bow that they said was only 40 pounds but was 70 pounds, and I couldn't do it. And so here's my son thinking, Dad, you can't pull a 40-pound bow? I'm like, yes, I can. And I heard something rip, and my shoulder right now is hurting so bad. I literally thought I broke it. Why? Because I thought I could, you know what, do something that I've never done in my entire life, and I almost died. Have you ever tried to do something and you almost died? White water rafting is not one of those things where you want to think, maybe I think I can, you know? No, you can literally kill yourself and everybody else that is on the boat with you. One newsflash, fact that you need to know. One of the things I realized when it came to a guide, guided me when it came to white water rafting. You know where the guide was positioned the entire time? behind me, never in front of me. When you come to God as a child, mama and daddy, take the hand of the child and lead them. But there comes a time where Paul says, you leave away childish things, and now you take responsibility of your own life. And God is going to now not just lead your life, but he's going to guide your life. Where once God was in front of you, now God is behind you. 
There's a different transition in how you see him. When you're saved, you see God all the time. You see God moving mountains. You see God moving people. You see God adding things in your life. You see God subtracting things out of your life. But there comes a time in every person who wants to mature. Anybody want to mature in the Lord? Anybody want to grow up in God? Anybody want to be a man or a woman when it comes to following God in the kingdom? Does Does anybody want that in this house this morning? Well, there comes a time when you stop acting like a child thinking like a child and responding like a child and you get up and you grow up and you mature. And so God comes to Abraham and says, you know what? It's time to get up. It's time to grow up. It's time to mature. And my God, he's 99 years old. You would think he was already mature and you would think he's already grown. But God's like, no, no, there's a lot more you need to learn. There's a lot more you need to attain. There's a lot more that you need to experience. And more importantly, there's some things that I need to expose you to. And so Paul puts emphasis when it comes to maturity to win. When I became a man, I put away childish things. Here's the problem. I don't know when when is. Some people might mature early. Some people never mature at all. Anybody met that kind of person? Some people might mature. There are some teenagers who mature at a young, who mature during that teenage stage. There are some people who mature in their 20s. There are some people who mature in their 60s. And like I said earlier, there are some people who never mature at all. But God's word says, and if you read your Bible, there are certain characteristics that show the life of what a mature person in Christ is. How a mature person in Christ is supposed to live. And one of the things that we see in 1 Corinthians 13, 11 is, you know, in order to walk a mature life, in order to grow up, in order to keep going, you got to stop acting like a child. You got to stop speaking like a child. You see, one of the things my kids speak all the time in the car is, are we there yet? Are we there? It was five minutes not there yet. You know we're there when the car stops and I get out and we're walking to wherever we're at, then we know, then you'll know we're there. Does anybody, has anybody ever felt that feeling of frustration that I'm feeling even right now? I'm having PTSD. <laughs> Pray for you. Is my vein popping? Normally when my veins popping is that's when the frustration's flowing or the anointing, you know? And one of the things that gets me when it comes to childs, they're always asking, I don't know, and I don't know where. And they're, and they're always, they're, 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 it's like they live in a life that's filled with anxiety, filled with worry, filled with fear, because they don't know, are we there yet? Then you become grown. You take a few trips. One of the things I it blows me away from my dad. He can take one trip somewhere to Florida or Oklahoma, and he knows how to get from point A to point B without a GPS. I need a GPS to get from church to, from church to my home, y'all. <coughs> Siri is my guide, you know? Then the Holy Spirit, I'm just kidding. And one of the things that I've realized in life is that there are times I think I'm mature, but I'm still struggling with childish ways. I feel like I'm grown. And I'm, and, and I'm wrestling childish thinking. I'm trying to lead my family and lead God's church, but I'm, but I'm understanding in childish ways. And it's like, when do we ever get to a place where we are mature, grown up, 
and we're constantly going in the direction God calls us to go to. And we see this in Genesis chapter 17, 1 through 4. And he tells Abraham this, walk before me. Someone shall walk before me. He says, I am the Lord God Almighty. But now it's time for you to walk before me. Emphasizing that if, he, if God is asking Abram to walk before him, then there was a season where he was walking behind him. And now there is a change from season to season of where Abraham is living. There's nothing more frustrating than to take the way you acted and responded in one season that worked for you, that produced for you, where you saw so much success in your life, take it to another season, and it's like you don't hear or see God anymore. That is frustrating. Maybe the reason because God in the next season of your walk in faith and God, God is no longer leading you, but now he's guiding you. Once when you came a child, once when the first time God came to your life, he came to your life because you are a born again child. And God had to lead you to certain friends. God had to lead you away from certain friends. God added people into your life. And then God started to subtract people. Anybody ever felt an addition, subtraction God in, in, the, in the beginning of your seasons? Amen? Some of the things that God did were great. Some of the things God did was frustrating. And there are things in the middle like, I just don't understand why in the world I'm going through these things, why I'm experiencing feeling in this place. And one of the things I've noticed in my life right now, when God takes you to a season to where you are going to mature in him, you're not going to see him in front of you. As a child, you saw him all the time. As a child, he, had, he held your hand through every place. But there comes a time when, when I become a man, when I become everything God's called me to be, that I'm going to put away childish ways. And I'm going to be who he's called me to be. And I'm going to man up, I'm going to grow up, and I'm going to keep on walking. I'm going to keep on Going because God is behind me, guarding me. God has my back. God says, Paul writes, put on the whole armor of God. The problem with putting on the whole armor back in those days, your back was exposed. And if your back was, was positioned toward the enemy, he could kill you instantly. And so what God is trying to speak to us today is that, you know, as a child, you can't wear armor because you are not physically fit to. You don't have the strength to. You don't have the knowledge to operate it with it. But there's going to come a time where you're going to grow up and you know what? And you're going to be able to walk out what God has trained you in. And when he does, you're not going to see him like you did in that season before you entered into this next season. 
You know, when, when you go to band camp, you're around teachers. When you go to football camp, you're around instructors. When you go to any kind of camp, you're around some great people teaching you great things. But there comes a time when you leave camp and you go to war and you're those instructors that once taught you are no longer there. Because they have instilled what they hope inside of you is enough in order for you to fight out, to be able to put in, what they put in is enough to come out in order for you to experience success today. You know, I don't know if you, some of you are aware of, but I think there's 200 plus soldiers that are going to the Middle East that are being flown. They've had to go through boot camp. They've had to go through training. They had drill, drill, drill instructors and sergeants who would wake them up, wake them up, man, when, when it's dark outside and, man, and just stretch them, push them, train them, teach them in order to fight. How many of you know a lot of those drill instructors that they had in boot camp are not with them right now where they're going? Because those drill instructors were put in their life to teach them how to fight. God is teaching you how to fight. God is teaching you how to win. And some of you are so mad because God has put you in a battle and you're like, why did, why did you put me in the battle? Because you're mature. Because of what I placed within but if you want to be a baby and you want me to treat you like a baby and you want to act like a baby, come on, I'll hold your hand. And we can repeat the cycle over and over and over and over again. But I wonder, is there anybody who wants to walk 2020 with clear vision? Is there anybody wanting to walk in 2020 and to be able to defeat their giants, to be able to defeat the enemy, to be able to walk in prosperity, to not have to act like a baby, think like a baby, respond like a baby, but be a man and be a woman and overcome their giants. Jesus, Jesus gives us his word. And his word to Abraham is this. I am the Lord God Almighty. Someone shout, I am the Lord God Almighty. The point I want you to get right now is, this is the most frustrating part of, of God's word for me. He only tells Abraham this one time. He only tells Abraham that one time. So many people think God speaks to them every second. No, he doesn't. Because there are times where God will only speak to you according to God's word one time. Because God's word is so powerful and can produce so much by him just speaking it one time. He don't have to speak it many times. God doesn't have to look back and say, you know what? I wonder if that word came through. The Bible talks about that he cursed the fig tree. You know what you don't see Jesus doing? Running back to see. I wonder if the fig tree really died when I cursed it and said it was going to die. No, he walked on. He kept on going because he knows his word is powerful and he only has to say it once. God's word. Someone shout God's word. It's so powerful. He only needs to speak it to me one time. Here's the problem. The problem is you ask God, you ask God again and again to answer a question he's already said no to. Amen. And he only needs to speak at one time. We're the single, any single ladies in the house? Don't make no noise because we, got some, we might have some guy creepers right now. You know, I don't want them to creep on you and stalk you on Facebook. You know what I'm saying? I'm just kidding. I say there's a single lady in the house and they're praying to God, God, I just want to pray about this guy and 
Is he, I'm hoping he's my Boaz, you know. I'm hoping he's going to produce for me, take care of for me. But, you know, there's a, there's a there's small little issues. You know, he lives with his mom and dad in the basement. He don't have a J-O-B. He, do, he, doesn't, he, doesn't, he, doesn't, he doesn't know how to be a gentleman or whatever. But is he the one? You know what God's going to say? No! Don't date no guy with no J-O-B. That's my, that's my daughter when it comes, you know, what, what do you look for when you date a guy? He has to have a J-O-B. He's, she's nine years old. Yeah, I'm training them up young, right? So when they get old, they won't depart from me, you know what I'm saying? You ain't going to date no deadbeat in my house, you know? He's going to say no. But you know what we do? We ask again and again and again. And so we're like, but, but God, he already answered. So much I, he already answered. But God, but, but, but he says he loves me. But, but, you know what? You know what's going to happen? God ain't going to say another word. And because he doesn't say nothing, you know what you, know what you do? Well, I guess I won. Because he didn't say no again. Because you don't realize God only has to speak one time. And there you go, you date deadbeat after deadbeat. You connect with that job that you know God told you no to, and, and, and told you you're not supposed to get into. God told you not to go after that career. God told you not to, God told you to do this. God told, but you, you know what, you, you kept asking again and again, is this, is this, is this my calling? Is, is this where you called me to? Is, is this who you want in my life? Is this what you want me to do? And God's like, I already told you. I, I don't need to speak it again. But God, give me your word. I already did. God, give me an assignment. How about you finish the first assignment I gave you? Can we go there this morning? God, give me a word. God's like, I did this for my Bible. So you would, I wrote it so you wouldn't forget it. You know what I wish? I wish God would just drop a 20-pound Bible out of heaven, smack you inside the head. It's like, God, I need a word. Oh, oh my God. God, I need a word. He, he dropped a 20-pound Bible on your head. Open up your Bible. You got word for days. You got promises for days. You got guarantees for days. You got covenants for days. You don't need another word. He spoke to Abraham one time. I'm God Almighty. And never spoke it again. He's, the next time he spoke it was to his son, Jacob. But he never spoke the same promise again because he doesn't have to speak it again. Because his word is living and his word is breathing. It is alive and it's sharper than any two-edged sword. And God wants to pierce through your hard head. God wants to pierce through your hard heart. God wants to be able to perform his word and allow it to be able to produce what he said it to produce. But he told Abraham, there are certain qualifications for my promises to be guaranteed in your life. And he said this, walk before me. Don't, don't you want me to lead you? I, I mean, I'll lead you but these promises only come to you when you go before me. When you walk forward, when you get up and you keep on going, someone shall get up and keep going. Someone shall get up and keep on walking. There are times in our life where we don't feel it, we don't see it, but God says, keep, get up and keep on going. I want another word. God, speak to me. 
As long as you're going in the right direction, he wants you to go. As long as you're in the right place, you're moving in the right direction where he has called you to be, he may not speak to you until you come to a crossroads. Noah, he speaks to Noah and says, build the ark. Doesn't speak to him again. Nailing wood. Five years goes. Ten years go by. No word. Twenty years, no word. Thirty years, no word. Eighty years, no word. A hundred years, no word from God. A hundred and twenty years later, he gets a word. A hundred and twenty years later, God speaks to him again. And during the first word that he got from, there was a gap of not seeing God for a hundred, not hearing from God for 120 years. Why? Because God says, go before me. And when you get to a crossroads, then I'll speak, go left. When you get to a place where you have finally fulfilled my assignment that I placed for you already, then I'll say, go right. Are you hearing me? Some of you want so much for God. God's like, can you do at least the little that I've already spoken over your life? Can you go before me and trust that I'm going to guide you, that I'm going to lead you, that I know best for you, that I'm not, I've got so many promises. I'm, I'm, I'm going to lead you. He tells Abraham, I'm about to lead you into a season of your life where it's multiplication. How many of you want to live in a season of multiplication? How many of you know you first got to understand addition and subtraction? First grade, my kids learned addition and subtraction. They learned how to add things and they learned how to subtract things. And if they pass that, then in second or either second or third grade, then they start learning multiplication. You know what I love about multiplication? The same time it takes to add something, that same time it takes to multiply. Four plus four? Some of you are like, well, I wonder what that is. Siri, four plus four. Pray for them, Lord Jesus. I pray for them. Wisdom, wisdom. Four plus four, plus four equals? Took about 40. Deliverance. <laughs> That's a demon right now. Pray for him. <laughs> Four times four, the same time it took me to add, it's the same time to multiply. This is the season, this is the year of multiplication. But for those who can finally get content and pass the test of addition and subtraction, hear that, hear that. Most, I would submit to you that 99% of God's church can't pass first grade. We can't be content with what, we love when God adds things into our life. Get a random check in the mail. Someone, so, so, someone just blows our socks off for Christmas. So, so, someone took our Christmas list and made, so, someone took care of my family. We love when things are added in our life. But what happens when God starts subtracting? When God starts teaching you, there are things in your life I got to remove because I can't put new wine in the old wineskins. 
If I put this multiplication blessing into your life, it will destroy you. It will bust you. It will kill you. But if you allow me to guide you, if you will go before me and not stand behind you, you learn everything that I've taught you. You learn. You take my word and you trust it. And I'm faithful. Then there is a season where Paul says, when I became a man, I put away childish things. No longer do I need milk to sustain me. But now God can position in my place, move in my, multiply in my life substance. And what ends up happening, because we are so frustrated of being faithful in first grade, we start talking trash and getting bitter for people who have passed and have moved on to second grade. And we get it bitter and we get jealous when other people, God's multiplying. We get angry when we see God blessing other people and seeing their lives being blessed with their socks off. It's a minute. It's nothing more frustrating than to be in church for so many years and you see someone coming for one year or two years and they seem to be getting more than you. It's so frustrating. Yeah, because they, they matured quicker. They matured quicker. They put away childish understanding and reading. They put away childish talking. They submitted themselves to the ultimate teacher. They submitted themselves to the ultimate mentor. You see, you know, you know you're childish when you read God's word and you, and you come back with a different opinion than what God said. Well, God's word says he, he, doesn't, he doesn't accept homosexuality. But some people walk away with opinion. No, he accepts it. No, his word doesn't. Is that true or not? Can we go further? God doesn't accept doubting. A double-minded man, the Bible says, is unstable in all his ways. Don't think that when you ask for God, you'll get anything from him. So whether it's homosexuality or doubting, there needs to come a time in the life of a believer where you mature, you get up, and you keep on. You keep on. There are going to be things you don't understand, but you need to keep on. Things are not going to make sense, but you need to what? Keep on going. They're going to be people who are going to talk about you, but you need to keep on going. They're going to be people who gossip about you because of your faith and your commitment, walking in righteousness, walking in holiness, but you need to keep on. When you've lost a loved one, what do you need to do, church? When you don't have a friend, what do you need to do, church? When someone's walking in, if you're walking in a divorce, what do you need to do, church? When you're crying, you need to keep going. When you're lonely, you need to keep going. When you're misunderstood, you need to keep going. When they lie about you, you need to keep going. When they reject you, keep going. When you're in pain, keep going. If you're dealing with sickness, you what? You keep going. God may put people in your life. What are you going to do? God God might take people out of your life. What are you going to do, church? When, we, when my wife and I first came to college, when we started as senior pastors at College Park Church, first two years, we, 
were amazing and hell at the same time. We had a, one of my best friends was starting to start a church underneath me, a person that I thought supporting me, telling people that I was embezzling money. It was hell on, people were gossiping. It was, I started questioning God, where are you? Why is this happening to me? Not realizing God's allowing me to go into training while he's sitting back and while we're on the white water, he's guiding me. <laughs> so much how God's guiding me. He's guiding me, wanting to see, will you trust me that wherever I'm guiding you, I'm going to take you. It doesn't matter if you're going through troubled water, I'm there. It doesn't matter if you're walking through the valley of the shadow of darkness, I'm there guiding you. Someone shout, guide me, God. I'm about to go to California next week to speak at a conference out there at the oldest, most prestigious venue they have in regards to this theater in San Jose, San Diego, San something, right? You know what, I know, you know, you know what I've noticed when it comes to their airplanes? Every time I get on a stinking airplane, you know what they say? And I hate it because it terrifies me. Buckle your seatbelts. We're about to go through some turbulence. Don't worry. I'm going to stinking worry. Anybody going to worry? If that plane is doing this number, man, you know, lights are flickering and everything. I'm like, oh, Jesus, take the will. I start praying. I'm like, oh, God, forgive me of every sin, sins I've done, sins I don't even know of. I just want to make sure me and you are right. Anybody pray those kind of prayers? Maybe I'm the only one and all of you are saved and going to heaven and pray for your pastor. I need help. Amen. They always say this. You know what? I've never heard them say, though, after they say we're going through turbulence, we got to find somewhere to land right now. It's because we might die. You know, what the, you know what the pilot does? He keeps on going. He keeps on going because he realizes the storm might not stop, but if I keep going, I'll get through it. The storm can stay. The storm can, the storm can stay. But if you keep walking and if you keep going, that storm will pass you on by because you know who is your help. You know who is your source. You know who is your refuge and your strength. It's not skill. It's not talent. It's not a church. It is God who has promised me, who has guaranteed me. I'm going to multiply you and all your descendants, Mark. I'm going to, I'm going to multiply you. But will you graduate from just asking God to add things in your life? Will you graduate getting mad at God when he subtracts things out of your life and be content where you are right now in your life? Realizing God wants to multiply me, but he has to get this vessel ready to be able to take care and to be able to handle everything. That's why he says, press down. Shaking together. You ever open a bag of potato chips and it disappoints you? <laughs> I hate I hate Doritos, man. Whoever whoever is over quality and control, they need to be fired, man. I buy a bag of Doritos this big and there's only this much amount in the bag. It's so frustrating. God says when you open up, it's not going to be this much. God says I'm going to press it down. I'm going to pour them on the 
press it down. I'm going to pour more. I'm going to press it down. I'm going to pour more. Can you imagine how many bags of Doritos could actually fit in one bag if they actually pressed it down in there? Probably like 30 bags, right? So much. Now, here's the point. God is stretching some of you. God is teaching some of you. God is training some of you. Some of you, God is still holding your hand. For some of you, God is asking you, would you go before me and allow me to guide you? Now it's up to you. Pastor Chad, that was a prophetic word we had earlier during worship. Prophetic word. There comes a season where you just obey God and you don't say a word. Stop talking negative about your job. Stop talking negative about your wife or your, sp- or, or your husband. Stop talking negative. Just shut your mouth. Trust God. Shut your mouth and just keep walking. Just keep going. Just keep being faithful. Just keep being blameless. Keep being righteous. Keep being faithful. And there comes a time when God says, now you graduated and let's celebrate with a praise. And watch every wall come falling down. Every wall, every issue, every fear, every doubt, all your anxiety. How long? I don't know. Everyone, every life in this place, your life is custom tailored by God. It's custom tailored. What worked for me might not work for you. What works for you might not work for the person beside you. Someone said, I'm custom tailored. There's a perfect fit, a perfect shirt, a perfect suit, a perfect dress, a perfect lifestyle, a perfect place, a perfect atmosphere that God wants to just cut, chisel, cut out for you. But will you trust him? You see, the thing about praise, I need to shut up. I need to restrain myself. One of the things about praise, for some people, praise, it it positions them to trust God. For some people, intercession, prayer, is what positions them to trust God. For others, fasting positions themselves to trust God. Praise might not be your weapon. Prayer might not be, but one of them will. And when you can find the thing that will source you to trust God. At the end of the day, it's trusting God. Does Abraham go on a 21-day fast like Daniel? No. No. Someone shout, no. Jehoshaphat, you don't see, you, you don't, you don't see Moses, you, you don't see Jehoshaphat copying the Moses model of leading and pray. You don't, what worked for Jehoshaphat worked for Jehoshaphat. You need to find what fuels you to do only this. Trust God so you can walk before him to live blameless. That's all God's words. Live blameless. Live righteous before me. And if you can do that, I will guarantee a covenant with you. A covenant, a promise that will not only multiply in your life, but the descendants, the generations, the seed that come after you. Another scripture in the Bible says, if you are heirs of God, then you are Abraham's seed. How many of you are saved? Make some noise for me. Celebrate. Yeah. Yeah. 
And the Bible says, if you really believe in God, then you are Abraham's seed. That means Genesis passage belongs to you and me. <laughs> that means that he's going to multiply me. And he's going to, someone saw God is going to multiply me when I trust God on this journey. That's the key. You got to learn to trust God. But it seems crazy. I don't see him. I know he's guiding you. You're not a baby no more. Tristan, you're not a baby no more. Shirley, you're not, you're grown now in, in, in the faith. Mr. Risa, you're not a baby no more. You're grown in the faith. He ain't going to teach you. He's not going to respond to you like he did when you were a baby. I don't want him to treat me like a baby. And I'm 36 years old and young and handsome looking. Right, right babe? My prayer for this church for 2020 is that we don't become some celebrity kind of church. That people know us for the hype and the energy, but people know us because of the breakthrough. Not just from the people on the stage, but the people who are sitting in the chairs. Sitting here right now. Robert Hamby, you're a world changer. You're a world changer. Changing so many people's lives Friday at that funeral with me. Listen, you're a world changer. Just because you don't preach here doesn't mean that God can't. You are a world changer. And people's lives have been changed forever. With seven souls, seven people give their life to the Lord Friday night in this church at a service. But I don't feel it. I don't see it. I get it. It sucks. And it hurts. The chiropractor told me, I'm, I can adjust your back, but you're going to experience some extreme pain the next day. <laughs> Dude, it sucked too. It felt good in the moment. He adjusted my back and my neck. I'm like, oh my God of heaven, hallowed be your name. Mm, mm, mm. Bless him, Lord. He says, you your muscle has been being, it's been used for so many days because it hasn't relaxed. I'm going to relax you, but now your muscle is going to be able to go into healing mode and it's going to feel like it's so bruised. Anybody been working out before? And then the first day and then the second day, that junk sucked. That's exactly what happened. I was working, my, my muscle in my back that I pulled, I palmetto stay armory, trying to look like a man in front of my son, look like a fool in front of my wife. <laughs> it felt good in that moment when he put his hands on it. But I had to walk out of his office. I had to walk out and keep going when it came, when it came to life. My back was really bruised yesterday, but it's feeling a lot better today because I'm going to keep on going. I'm not going to sit and make this storm a permanent place in my life. No, God is building purpose in you. And if you keep pushing through, you will walk through every storm, every valley of every shadow of death. I don't care what demon. I don't care if it's Satan himself that will try to raise up a standard. God says, I will raise up a standard. I will fight your battle. I will send my angels and I will prepare a way. Because God has, someone shout, God has my back. 
and God has guided me through. Would you stand to your feet this morning? God tells Abraham, be obedient, live blameless, put away childish things. Little kids have a lot of fear. Kids, a lot of them live hopeless today in this, in this generation. And just like it is when it comes to, in the natural, so it is when it comes to the body of Christ today. There are so many children, children of God who are living in fear, children of God who are living hopeless, children of God who are living in sin. And God's word is this, will you trust me? Will you live a life that is obedient? Will you live a life that is blameless? And will you put away childish things and allow me to train you, teach you, grow you, and then send you off to fight my battles with my power and my spirit that will move before you? With every head bowed and every eye closed, Jesus, right now, I thank you for the power of your Holy Spirit that is in this place, that wants to guide our life, that at first, God, you want to renew our life. You want to renew our mind. You want to take some time right now, Holy Spirit, to change how we think in order to realize how much you love us right here, right now. It doesn't matter what we did last week, last year, or even last night. Your word says your mercy is new every day. And so we take that covenant, we take that promise, and we cash in right now that if we believe in you, if we take our life, take responsibility of our sin and say, God, I, I'm walking away from it. I'm getting up out of it. I'm going to walk towards you. God, you'll give us a new life. And so today you might be thinking in your heart, thinking in your mind, you know what? I, I, I haven't been living righteous. I haven't put away childish things. I've been acting like a child. I've been acting anxious. I've been just doubting God in, on this journey that I'm in, not realizing that he's guided my life but I want to make a fresh commitment. I want to make a fresh declaration. God, I renounce my sin. I renounce my personal opinion. And I submit my life to you. And you will say, I want to know that, I want to know that I know that I know. That whether they say Hosanna or whether they say crucify him, I'm trusting you on this journey no matter what. I'm not just going to trust you when they say Hosanna and they sing praises, but I'm going to trust you, God, even when everyone is saying they're a liar. They're fake. They don't know what they're doing. It's going to be the same thing again. No matter if they say crucify, we're going to trust you. And you would say with every head bowed and every eye closed, I want to make a commitment to God, not to the church, but to God Almighty. I'm going to get up and I'm going to keep going. Will you raise your hand all across this building right now? Come on. Hey. Hands are going up all across this building. Can we say this prayer for all, for all the people? Jesus, can we all say this together, whether you raise or not, Jesus, I surrender my life. It's hard right now. I don't see right now. I can't even feel right now. But I'm putting away 
childish ways. I'm not going to act on my feelings. I'm not going to act on what I see. But I'm going to walk in maturity. That means moving from my feelings and stepping into trusting. And so now, like Abraham, I will trust you that whatever you say, let it be. Only one time I will take it and I will activate it into my life. Here's my sin. Here are my issues. I surrender it. In your name I pray to be the world changer that you have called me today. I will give you praise for who, have you, for who you have made me to be. In your name I pray. Can somebody give God a crazy praise? is going to be the greatest year that we have ever experienced in the Lord. 2020 is going to be the greatest year of being able to experience the blessings of the Lord because he is no longer leading you like Abraham. He is guiding you. Guess where he guided Abraham? Through the wilderness. This dry season is not a dry season. It is a season where God is behind you in order for you to see what you're made of in him. Before God did everything, before God produced everything, 
now like it was with the children of Israel when you get close to the promised land. Now God is going to give you the power and the knowledge to take full responsibility. In the wilderness, God provided manna. But when they got close to the promise, it was up to them to take responsibility over that land. How many of you want your promised land? It's a lot different than the wilderness. Don't ask God to treat you in the promised land the same way he treated you in the wilderness. Don't allow childish ways to go into what only grown men and grown women can go into. You want God to lead your hand? Go ahead. Handle the amusement parks. I want to build a kingdom. I don't want to just play on rides. I just don't want to be, I I don't want goosebumps to move me. I don't want to go to some show in order to excite me. No, I want to be a builder in the kingdom of God. I don't want to just be entertained. I want to see men and women who are no longer fighting issues that they fought last year, facing giants that they saw five years ago. I want to hear testimonies of Goliaths being slain, nations being destroyed, families being united in this house. There are families that people thought there's no hope. There are lives that people thought there's no way they can change. People who thought, man, they're so immature, there's no way they can lead. The devil is a stinking lie. We're more than a conqueror in Jesus Christ. And I'm telling you, you want to stick close. You want to get rooted. There's going to be a lot of changes happening this year, happening this month. End of this, the end of uh, January, you want to make sure you're here this Sunday for this. I mean, massive changes are happening in 2020. Clear vision, clear path, not because of what we see in the natural, because what we hope in faith.